Today, I'm going to start with a story, a story about sticking with it. There is a young boy who loves football and dreams of playing in the NFL someday. So he starts playing flag football, and as the only kid who can reliably snap the ball, he plays center. He's not a big kid, but still wearing some of that baby weight from um, when he was younger. He plays six games that fall. His friends are the stars of the team, and he is just the center. All he does is snap the ball and watch his friends run for touchdowns while he blocks the way. He grows a little bit older and joins the first tackle football team. He's proven that he's a good center, and again, he plays the season snapping the ball, blocking for his friends, watching them become the stars of the team. He plays another six games that year, now 12 games under his belt. At home, he dreams of something different. He throws touchdowns down the hallway to his dad and catches passes, diving onto the couch in return. Several years pass. Football takes a backseat. Middle school arrives. The 7th and 8th graders are split into two teams, a lightweight and a heavyweight team. This boy, now grown up, has shed some of that baby weight. Now a whopping 5'11", 105 pounds, perfect size for a tight end. No more center. 10 games that year. Now at 22 games. The boy plays catch with his dad in the parking lots of Boise State tailgates, catching tough passes, continuing to build his skills. Eighth grade comes around. The boy is now fast has turned into a track star and someone who continues to get better on the football field. The extra time off the field playing with his dad has become evident on the field. 10 more games, now 32 games under his belt. The boy enters high school, continuing to make a name for himself, playing alongside his friends, but leading his team on both ends of the field. Another 10 games under his belt, grabbing the attention of the varsity coaches. Sophomore year arrives. Selected as the only sophomore to join the varsity team, he starts on defense at cornerback. Soon finding himself on the offensive side of the field, playing both ways as a sophomore. 42 games under his belt. Two more seasons go by, now 62 games in his life. Countless hours off the field, playing catch with his dad. Now selected as a first-team All-State wide receiver. A long way from center, snapping balls to his best friends at the age of eight. This story is about me. I could have stopped anywhere along this road. I could have walked away, seen my friends in the spotlight at eight years old, and hung up my cleats forever. But what would I have missed if I didn't play a catch with my dad like I did? What if I did walk away when I was eight years old? This is how I feel about my podcast. I'm at episode 10, just finished my first quote-unquote season, and sure, I'm not a star on YouTube yet. I'm not the best podcaster out there, and I, I don't expect myself to be. I'm still snapping balls. I'm still learning how to refine my skill to get the place I know I can get to if I focus just one step at a time, one season at a time. Getting over the first hard thing gives you that confidence and that reinforcement that you can do whatever you need to do next. Welcome back to The Greatness Blueprint. I'm Luke Austin, and today 
I'm talking about the podcast journey so far. We're here at episode 10, and I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but I've learned so much about myself, about how to produce a podcast, about all the different equipment and video editing softwares out there. Still not perfect, but I've also learned about how to speak and how to listen and be present, how to be vulnerable, how to pause and collect my thoughts before I jump right into the next sentence. Today, we're going to cover the journey so far, the highlights, some of the lowlights, and I'll answer some live audience questions submitted from the community. Expect some key topics from the first 10 episodes, including the value of time, elements that make a leader successful, the power of habits, how to draw the line and say no tactfully, and finally, tips on navigating life's transitions. Episode 10 of The Greatness Blueprint starts now. Now, as we dive in today, I want to talk a little bit about the backstory behind, you know, what gave me the spark to start this podcast? What have I learned through this process? How have I grown? And, you know, what are some of the things that I would look out for if you're starting your own podcast. So first, let's start with, you know, what was the initial spark? Why did I get into this? And if I think about, you know, my life from when I was a kid all the way through, you know, very recently, honestly, I've always had something that kept me very busy. And so in my childhood, it was athletics. I did ton of different sports throughout my childhood and high school. I went on and played college football and doing that plus school is a full-time job. Absolutely. And I graduated, started into my career, really wanted to establish myself. And so was spending a lot of time at work, um, at a startup type company that was very fast paced and there was a lot to do. And so I didn't necessarily have a lot of time to focus on other creative endeavors, but that's always been something that I have enjoyed is digging in and finding a creative endeavor that I can pour myself into. And so it's really been an interesting part of me over the last six months where I've been able to find this creative spark in me that I didn't even really know I had and take it and learn from it and let it grow and, and foster that. And it's been such an, an amazing feeling and it all kind of started at my current job at Clearwater Analytics. We do these updates with our team. And I thought, you know what, it'd be really cool to do a video newsletter. And so I spun up these monthly video newsletters and did them with some other members of the team. And I was just in the office on a Sunday, just shooting videos on my phone, editing videos for honestly hours on a Sunday, not a work day. And I just had so much fun with it. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not too bad at this, right? There's, I'm certainly have a learning curve here, but it got that spark going in me. And I thought, you know what, why not just, why not do a podcast? Why not do a video podcast? And so I did, I just went for it. And here we are. So it's been a really fun journey. Um, I've learned again, so much about myself and it's given me this creative side that maybe I wouldn't have had otherwise. What did it take for me to get going with the podcast? What are the things that I needed 
to to get before I could dive in. So I had a laptop and I did my first podcast. I don't have really good lighting in here, so I didn't have lights at the time. And what I did is I have these laptop screens in the back. And so over here on the side, I had my laptop plugged into my screens. I had my second laptop up with the video. And what I was trying to do is every so every now and then I couldn't figure out how to keep my laptop over here from dying when it was plugged in. I had extended the window as far as possible, but it kept closing down. And so I'd have to move my mouse over here to make sure that it didn't go away and the lights wouldn't go down from my laptop. And so there's some flickering in the background and, you know, it was just kind of all over the place. Got through it, but learned a lot through that. Then I was looking at different video editing softwares. I used ClipChamp for a little bit, which I thought was really good. Um, it's free to a certain extent, so you don't have to pay for much there. And then I switched over to Veed.io, V-E-E-D.io. And it has a lot of really cool features. And so I, I currently still use Veed. And then to get the lighting right, I ordered a couple small lights, these little loom cubes, which are pretty cheap overall. And I just set them up right here on my on my table and it gives me lighting without having to worry about fiddling with a laptop mouse or, or keeping something going. So feel pretty stable at this point. I've got my lighting, I've got my laptop with my video, I've got this microphone, which is a Shure 7 microphone. It's a really strong microphone. It blocks out a lot of the background noise. And yeah, the equipment makes a difference. And I feel pretty solid about, you know, this equipment keeping me going for a little bit longer. Obviously, I want to continue to bring more guests on the show. And I think it's more impactful when you can do those in person. So I do plan to, it's my little office here at my house, spin this into a little studio at some point where I have a couple chairs in here, a couple different microphones, some bigger and better lighting, and allow me to, to bring guests on and do those in person versus doing them remotely. But that's kind of the next phase of where I want to go. So all that being said, here's some of the milestones and things that I, I really liked or highlights of the first 10 episodes. You know, right now we're sitting at a little over 300 plays on Spotify. We have about 600 or 65 plays on all the other platforms. So Apple Podcasts, all the different podcast suites. And then we also have about 50 plays on YouTube. So it doesn't really matter which platform you use. If you're looking for video, I have that on Spotify as well as YouTube. And then we have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. All the platforms that host podcasts are available to, to watch and view the show. And then one of my favorite episodes was actually just my last episode, episode nine, with one of my good friends, Rob Macasey. And that was my first guest episode, right? I'd done a lot of solo episodes, trying to find my voice and, and do a lot of different things to figure out what kind of content I wanted to talk about, get some of my personal stories out there, kind of build a baseline of who I am, uh, why you should listen to this podcast and, and, and give you some background on me. But it was so fun to pivot and, and focus and highlight someone else who has a really cool story 
And I'm really excited to do more guest episodes like that. If you haven't listened to episode nine with Rob, certainly recommend you do so. It's a really great episode. He's got an awesome story and we talked about some cool things. Another great thing or, or really fun thing for me about this podcast is I hear a lot from people that maybe I wouldn't otherwise, people that I've known in the past, whether it was high school or college or some other way, I've reached out to, you know, just provide support, whether it's giving a little bit of feedback to me so I can continue to improve. I highly appreciate that. Or if it's just reaching out and saying, hey, man, I love what you're doing. I'd love to be on the show at some point. You know, I, I love both of those different things. So thank you all who have listened, taken the time out of your day to reach out. I, I do really appreciate it and it does not go unnoticed. Now, I talked about some things that I really liked and have been kind of highlights of the podcast. Maybe a little bit of, of some of the things that were a little bit harder or some of the lowlights. You know, early on when I started doing it through the first, I would say, five episodes, I had a hard time getting it completed, right? I, I had this weekly cycle. I thought, yeah, I could do one per week. And early on, that was tough, man. It, it takes a lot to get a, a podcast going, right? You have to figure out what content you want to produce. You have to write out bullets of the key highlights. You have to build this, the story from, from start to end, right? You start with trying to get people interested in the episode and you pave away for all the value that you think you can provide in the episode. And then you have to go and you have to shoot it. And as you shoot it, you realize, man, there's times when I, I kind of mess up. And so you have to reshoot it. And early on, when you're doing these episodes, you're really a little bit more scripted versus off the cuff. So you may have things that you're trying to get across. And so you might be reading off of some quotes or some different bullet points. And it doesn't feel as natural as you want it to be. But as you continue to just get reps, it becomes a lot easier. And I think one of the hardest things for me is as I start to put out episodes that I think have been really good episodes with really good content, you have to market yourself, right? You have to sell yourself. You have to put yourself out there, whether it's on social media or talking to your friends about it. You have to say, yeah, I'm, I'm doing some cool things. I'd love you to go check it out. And, you know, it's been tough for me. I've, I've posted a lot on, on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook of, of some of the different episodes. I'm trying to market it a little bit more. I want to get people interested. I want more people on the show. And so, that's one thing that I've struggled with is, is just put myself out there a little bit more marketing the things that I'm doing and trying to get an, an audience to, to really buy into the vision of, of where I want this to go, right? Which is to add value to you, bring really cool people on that can add value to all of our lives and learn as a community as we continue on. So it's been tough, but it's been really enjoyable to, to kind of refine that skill for myself. Another thing that I didn't have really any experience with before starting this podcast was putting together some of those, I would say, marketing materials. And when I say marketing materials, I mean like Instagram stories or even things like a YouTube thumbnail, which you don't really think about, right? If you submit a video into YouTube, the thumbnail is going to be just a snippet of the video at some point, but it doesn't really bring people in. If you're scrolling through YouTube and you see something that's just a, someone's face halfway through the video, it's probably not going to get them to click on it. And so what I've been using is this tool called Canva, which 
If you haven't used it, I highly recommend it. Or you can go into it, you can create these templates of things that like a YouTube thumbnail or an Instagram story, and then customize it to your needs. So you might have your own brand colors, right? You can load in your brand colors. You might have your own brand logo and you can do so there. You can remove backgrounds on photos and you can merge photos and texts and, and do all this cool content creation, which really supplements on the back end, the audio and the video that you're doing for the podcast. So I had to learn a lot about it. I, I was not very good at Canva early on and it's really come full swing and I really enjoy using it. Now I kind of just use it for fun sometimes. So I went to a buddy's football game. I took a picture of the field and then got a picture of him took out the background and placed a, a floating head of him on the field. So there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. And it's been a fun thing to, to bring in and, and add more skill in that content creation space. The other thing that's been hard for me, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I want to touch on it one more time, is just finding the time to do a podcast, right? I'm, I'm not a, a guy with a ton of extra time. Right. I on weekends, I'm going to soccer practice, gymnastic practice. I'm going to swimming lessons. I'm taking my daughter all over town, you know, getting her to her, her activities. I work a full time job every day. I have two dogs. There's not a ton of time to sit down and say, I want to do this podcast. Right. I also want to work on my health. I want to you know, eat healthy. I want to work out I want to spend time with my family and friends. And so it's been interesting trying to find time to do the podcast. And so if you think about it, if you're trying to release a podcast every Friday, you're kind of pushing and pushing and pushing. And Friday, you either shoot or you finish the podcast. You maybe have a day off on Saturday to go do the soccer dad things. And then you're back right in the swing of it. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you're writing and refining um, your bullets and your outline for the next episode. You're trying to find ways to connect and, and build value for your audience. Maybe you're coordinating a interview with somebody from a guest perspective of when can they meet this next week so you can either talk about the podcast that you want to do or actually shoot the podcast. Then you're halfway through the week and you're like, all right, I need to shoot this on Wednesday or Thursday. I need to edit it all. And then I need to submit it on Friday. And so you get in this cycle of, man, it's a, it's a lot to get done every single week. And I didn't realize how that was going to be. And so early on, I felt like I was scrambling on Thursdays or, or you know, even sometimes Friday mornings to get everything done. And it was stressful, but it, it, made me realize that as long as you can build an outline around how your week looks to make sure you're hitting all those different milestones, you can certainly do one every week, if, if not more. So, And then obviously the last thing that's tough is, is actually shooting the podcast. And this is something that I felt I've learned the most about myself is it does not have to be perfect. When I did the first five episodes, right? What I was doing is I was shooting every single scene in isolation and I would do that scene over and over again until I felt like it was rock solid. And that was helping me build confidence in myself. 
But it also was creating somewhat of a choppy episode, especially if you're watching it on video. And I didn't necessarily want that to be the experience of the audience. I wanted it to be a little bit more natural, right? Sure, I'm, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stumble upon my words. I might say an um or a, you know, a filler word. But that's okay. That's who we are. That's who I am. I don't need to pretend or make it so perfect that I spend all this time doing it. It's, it's about being natural and getting over that hurdle, at least in my mind was tough. And that's been the biggest challenge is it's continuing to allow some of that to, to go and, and be okay with not being perfect. So all that being said, look, starting this podcast has been such a learning journey for me. I've really, really enjoyed it. And if you're ever thinking of starting a podcast, I'd love to sit down with you and talk about even some of more things that I've learned along the way. I could help you think through different ideas of how you could get going. Shoot, I'd even be happy to come on your podcast and, and talk about things with you. So if you're looking to start a podcast, please reach out. I'd, I'm happy to give you more insight so you can be successful on your journey as well. Now, I want to pivot back to a few moments from different podcasts throughout this journey that I've really enjoyed doing. And the first one I want to start with is the last one I did with Rob Mackesy. And this was, again, the first guest episode. It was one of those things where, you know, I didn't even know some of the things that Rob talked about, some of his backstory. And it was so insightful to sit down with someone that you you think you know really well, but you you get them in a different frame. And you have a really cool conversation that you may not otherwise. And so there's one quote that I think sums up the entire episode with Rob. And it's that at the end of the day, you live one time. When you take your last breath, that's it. You don't come back. There's no putting it off. Your dreams aren't going to chase themselves. You're not going to get freebies. You have to go out and get it yourself. And this came from Rob as we talked about passion, his passion for fishing, and this misconception that you can't make money following your passion. To me, this is one of the biggest misconceptions out there. And you hear it all the time. I can't make money with my passion. Well, there may be some truth to that. But I think if I look at that and the people who say that, you may not make money with your passion on day one. That's true. And in today's world, we get this, this feeling internally that we have to have everything now, right? So I, I started working on my passion yesterday and tomorrow I don't have a million dollars. Well, of course you don't. And so I think we have to reframe that and say, sure, you can do something that you're passionate about and make money. But you have to be so exceptional and so exceptionally invested in that passion that you are the best of the best. You can't make money following your passion if you're mediocre. That is true. But if you look at Rob, right? He is one of the premier fishermen hunting muskies in Wisconsin. And he knows that if he continues to follow that at an exceptional level, 
that the rest will take care of itself. And he's playing the long game. He's not worried about what's happening right now. He's enjoying what he's doing. He's spending the time doing what he loves, following his passion, not pushing it off to the side with an exceptional level that will allow him to get where he wants to go. So as you think about that, and as you come across these, these pivot points in your life where you're, you know, you're looking to follow your passion, but you're worried that you can't get the reward from it. Think to yourself, can you do it at an exceptional level? If yes, you may have the chance to succeed. If no, rethink your priorities. The next episode I want to touch on is the episode we did on elements that make a leader successful. And this episode, we talked a little bit about leadership and management and the differences between the two and how they kind of get mixed up or muddied in the waters at times. And there's one, and there's one quote that I want to touch on here. And it says, we call them leaders because they go first, because they take the risk before anybody else does because they will choose to sacrifice so that their people may be safe and protected. This is a quote from Simon Sinek, and it really highlights what it is to be a leader, right? You're forging the path, whether you're at work, whether you're in your family, whether you're even in your friend group, right? Are you a leader? Are you pulling people to go in the direction that you believe is right for the group? Are you going through the tough times so that those behind you don't necessarily have to deal with that? Or you're walking hand in hand with them as you go through those tough times. It's that sacrifice that really makes you a leader. And there were five key bullets of what makes a great leader. One was vision. So creating a vision of, of greatness that others can buy into, right? People want something, a light at the end of the tunnel to allow them to create this path or this journey that's bigger than themselves. Second is inspiration, right? Why would somebody want to get to that vision, right? What, what is in it for them, right? Create a path and a vision that allows them to see why that is important to them as a person. Third is communicating it, right? If you have this vision of where you want to go as a leader, but you don't effectively communicate it, you don't buy people into it, you're not going to succeed. Fourth is empathy. So everyone will have to lead a little bit differently. Your audience is going to receive messages differently. And so you have to be able to empathize with each individual person that you're looking to lead to make sure your message is resonating with them. And if not, you're able to tweak it specific to them. And the final attribute of a great leader is decision-making, right? There's going to be a lot of times where you have a minute and you have to go quick. And being able to be quick and decisive with confidence. And oftentimes you're going to fail through that process, but failing fast and making the next quick and decisive decision is going to allow you to be a successful leader. The next episode that I want to touch on here was the power of habits. And this was episode seven. And a key quote from this episode was, habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. The same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. And there are a few tactics on how to create habits. So the first is start small, right? Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. So 
think a small change that can lead to significant results over time. You're looking to get into the gym, right? You want to start your health journey. And you go into the gym and you're, you say, you know what, I'm going to go and work out for 90 minutes today. Sure, maybe some of you could do that. But you might wear yourself out on day one. Burn yourself out on day one. Start small. Go for the gym. Go to the gym. 10, 15 minutes. Start to create the habit of being there. As you get that habit completed of just being at the gym, then you can take that 10, 15 minutes, make it 20 to 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour to 90 minutes. And then you're able to take that habit of being at the gym to habit of being at the gym for a longer period of time. So start small. Next is be consistent, right? Consistency is key when you become, when you're trying to start a new habit. So don't take days off, right? If you're looking to get up early in the morning and get your day started early, don't hit snooze on a Thursday just because you don't have any big meetings that morning. Force yourself to get up. One thing that I've done to help me get up in the morning is simply get up, brush my teeth for three minutes looking in the mirror. It's amazing how just getting out of your snooze function and getting up, letting some blood flow, brushing your teeth will allow you to move on in the morning and not hit snooze again. Make it easy. Right? The easier you make your habit, the more likely you are able to stick with it. So if you're looking to, again, go to the gym, get all your workout clothes ready the night before so you don't have to come in, find your clothes, find your shoes, take 15 minutes to get ready. You get up, you put your clothes on, and you're out the door. Next is reward yourself. Right? And, and this is so important and often overlooked. If you go to the gym day one, give yourself a pat on the back. Right? You've started one day on the journey. And sure, we want to get to day two and three and four and five and six and so on. But recognize these small moments in time that you are making progress. Even if it's very small, reward yourself and continue to do so as you move along your journey. Next is track your progress, right? As you create these new habits, it's easy to get lost in how far you've come, right? And so in looking back and tracking your progress, gives you a visual reminder to say, yes, look at all this progress I'm making. You know, I'm lifting this much more weight now, or I'm this much down on my weight, right? There's so many different ways you can look at it and track your progress. And it's important to do so to allow you to see the results of your efforts. And last is celebrate your wins, right? If there's a big milestone, let's say you're, you're training for a 5k and you get there and you run the 5k. That is huge. That is a huge milestone. Celebrate that. Right. And look back and say, look how far I've come from when I started. And you're able to continue to propel yourself as you look to create more and more habits, right? Creating that confidence in yourself that you can do it. The next episode I want to touch on is episode six. And this was the power of no. And the premise of this episode was to give you the tools to be strong in 
what you believe in, right? And sometimes that means you have to say no to things. And a quote from this episode was, a no uttered with the deepest conviction is better and greater than a yes merely uttered to please, or what is worse, to avoid trouble. Let's unpack this a little bit. So oftentimes when we face a difficult conversation, we find ourselves saying yes to something that maybe we don't want to, right? Whether it's with a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, at work with your boss or some of your peers, maybe it's your clients that you're talking to. To avoid this conflict, we often say yes. And it allows us to meander around the conflict in the moment, but it also prevents us from actually resolving the issue. We're just pushing it down the road. It's going to come to a head at some point. And that is going to end up being more difficult in the long run. So to avoid creating this tension with the people you're, you're interacting with, we learn to go through the yes, no, yes framework. And so it starts with a yes, which is a positive stance of respect for your own needs and values. The second part is a no, which is a clear and non-negotiable refusal, right? Asserting your limit, drawing the line in the sand. And the final part is a yes, a constructive engagement where we return back from the no to a positive and suggest a mutually beneficial solution or agreement, right? And so let's just say you're at work and you have a lot on your plate. You have a lot of big projects coming up and you're a little bit, you know, stressed out. And your boss comes to you and he says, I need you to do this project. And it's, it's urgent. And you realize that if you take on that project, you're going to have to work weekends. You're going to have to work more time in the evenings. And it's going to be even harder for you to get through your day today. So let's apply the yes, no, yes framework. In this scenario, you say, yes, I am going to prioritize my own mental health, my own sanity here. I, I can't work on the weekend this weekend. I have some big things. I want to spend time with my family. I need a reset. I'm going to prioritize myself. Next, I'll say no. I'll say no, boss. I, I can't do this project and then return to the yes. Although I could say yes, and I could do this project if you're able to find me ways to either deprioritize X, Y, and Z, or move these off to someone else, right? So you're starting with the yes, prioritizing yourself. You're saying no, and you're saying, you know what, but I could do this if X, Y, and Z were to be true. Then it puts it back in your boss's, boss's hands, right? I'd love to help out, but in order to do so, I need you to help me reprioritize other things. So that's the yes, no, yes framework, allowing you to say no when necessary. The last episode we want to talk about here is navigating life's transitions. And this was episode eight. And 
this is this is a big episode. We talked about a lot of different things of of how you can navigate these different life transitions. And one of the key quotes that I that I posted in this episode was about challenging negative thoughts with evidence. And this comes from Alex Hormozzi. He says, "You don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Outwork your self doubt." Let's unpack that for a second. We hear a lot about, you know, affirmations, and I think they are powerful, right? But affirmations in isolation aren't going to give you success. You don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, right? The second part of that quote is, but you build them by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are, right? Sure. If you want to do affirmations and that helps, great. I think they can be very powerful but you also have to go do the work, right? Give yourself the proof that, yeah, I can get through 10 episodes of my podcast. I can go to the gym for a week and not miss a day, right? Build that proof, which then builds that self-confidence and overcomes your self-doubt. So as you're navigating life's transitions, here's a few different tactics that you can use to effectively move through those moments. First is understanding and acceptance, right? Acknowledge that you're going through a change in your, in your life. It's normal to have, you know, emotions and be stressed out and, you know, go through these periods of time where you don't quite feel like yourself, but that's part of the transition, right? Document your thoughts, you know, spend some time, thinking about how you're feeling and recognizing it, processing the emotions and thoughts, and know that that's part of the process. Next is staying grounded, right? Establish stability in your daily routines as you're going through these transitions can help anchor yourself in those kind of crazy moments. A couple different methods you can use here. You can either create a transition zone, a place where you feel safe to go and just be with your thoughts. Or you can use the 54321 method, which we talked about in episode eight. Next is seeking support, right? Engage in conversations with friends and family and peers that have been through similar situations. If you don't have someone you know that's been through a similar situation, there's lots of online forums and communities that you can go, gain insights, advice, and a sense of camaraderie as you move through a tough time in your life. Next is reframing your perspective, right? There's, there's two different ways you can go about it, right? You can be one with your negative thoughts, or you can challenge them with a growth mindset, right? And saying, look, I know this is going to be hard, but I'm excited about the opportunity that exists here. And last is embracing vulnerability. It's okay to be vulnerable right? Oftentimes we put up these walls and say, I'm, I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm tough. I'm going to get through this situation, which could be true, but there's a power in being a little bit vulnerable, right? And then showing the courage that yes, I'm vulnerable. This transition is tough on me, but I know that I can get through it. And that helps you build that undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Those were the five episodes that I wanted to touch on today covered a lot of really good content. I'd love for you to check them out, give feedback and looking forward to creating another 10, 20, 30 episodes as we continue on this journey.
Now we're going to pivot to a new segment. And the goal of this podcast really is to add value, right? Value to your life in some way, even if it's just a few words that you take out of this today um, and it impacts you. That's what I'm looking for, right? I want to add value to your life. So thank you all for those of you that reached out and gave feedback. It's really the only way I can continue to improve. And earlier this week, I sent out uh, kind of a live Q&A request and I have a couple questions here that from the audience that I want to cover now. So the first one was around parenting and raising strong, smart, well-rounded kids. And I'd love to do a full episode on this one, but I'm going to touch briefly on some of this and some of my, my thoughts on being a parent and raising really strong kids. Um, again, my daughter's five years old. I had her when I was 26. And so the first one is no parent is the perfect parent and you don't have to be, you don't have to try to be right. I think there's this push when you're a new parent to go learn all of these things, right? Read the books, go to the classes. And if you do that, you're going to be a perfect parent. And I think it's important to do some of those things, right? To be knowledgeable and have some level of a baseline. But being present in the moment as a parent learning and reflecting and being able to continue to grow. There's things you're going to come across that weren't in the book, aren't in the classes you'll attend. They're not going to teach you that you're not going to get sleep for years. <laughs> and that's okay. They're not going to tell you that it's, it's okay to co-sleep with your child sometimes when they're a kid because you're tired. That's okay. You don't have to be the perfect parent. Just make sure that you're trying as hard as you can and know that we're all human and it gets hard. Second thing is, is celebrate the process, the effort, not the outcome. And what do I mean by this? So as my daughter's grown older, right, she's been more involved in different activities. And this is something that I pulled from one of the Huberman Labs podcasts, but I thought it was super interesting where they did a study on kids and one of the study groups, they told the kids, great job. You did a great job, right? You are the fastest kid or you're the smartest kid. And that seemed to deteriorate the kid's motivation versus another group in which they said, your effort was fantastic. Continue pushing with that effort, right? Focusing on what led them to that end goal, right? Why are they smart? You did so good on that math test because of your effort, right? So that's something that I've been trying to reframe in myself is when I go to soccer practice and I see her scoring goals, I'm trying to celebrate her effort and not necessarily the outcome. Third is... This is one of the most important ones in my mind, but the little things aren't little, right? They're the big things. I talked on this in an earlier podcast, but with your kids, all they want in life, probably through the first 10 years of their life, is to have a good relationship with you as their parents. 
and they'll do anything to to be your best friend, right? They sure they'll have some friends at school and family friends and so on, but you're their heroes, right? Mom and dad, they're you're the heroes. And so it's so important to come home and have those conversations and spend that intentional time with them, right? Making the funny jokes, staying up a little late to read some extra books, building that connection in a time in which it's fleeting. And this is the hardest thing about being a parent is your kid is growing up so fast and you're so excited about all the things they're doing, but you're also a little bit sad about all the things that they're not doing anymore. Right. And so making sure that those little things, whether it's getting up early, having a little extra time on the couch, just doing some, some hugs with them. Right. Or going for an extra walk that pushes them past bedtime. Those little things, while they may seem little, just aren't. Fourth is celebrating creativity. And this is such an interesting one because I think often we teach our kids in a way that we only know so much, right? We don't know everything. And we use our framework to drive what they do in some ways. And we don't want to squash creativity that could be on, be beyond our, our bounds. Right. And so when something or your kid is doing something creative, lean into it, right? If they're creating a fun craft that looks a little silly and they're using some tape and they're putting it on the table, you're, you, you know, you kind of cringe a little bit inside, but let them be creative in that moment, right? They could be onto something that creative spark within them. Shoot. They could be the next Elon Musk. They could take us to Mars. So not squashing that creativity, putting your kid in a box, allowing them to be who they are without us defining that for them, I think is one thing that I, that I try to do. And last is, and I think this is one of the most important ones is pick your regrets. And as you go through your life, you're going to have all these pivot points, right? And it's, it's hard to decide in the moment which way to go. But if you think about it from a regret perspective, right, you always have a choice. And you're always going to live with one level of regret, right? So upcoming, I have this 10 year reunion down in Pocatello, Idaho State, homecoming on a Saturday, a midday game. I also have my daughter's first soccer game at the same time. What would I regret more when I'm 40, 50? Do you think I would regret going and spending time with my friends from college and missing out on my daughter's first soccer game? That's a tough decision to make, but it's, it's not, it's not tough. Pick your regrets, go to the first soccer game. Maybe you have to leave work early and go to soccer game. So be it. Maybe you have to miss your 10 year reunion with your football team. So be it. Pick the regret that you're comfortable living with and move forward with it. Look, at the end of the day, being a parent is hard and raising strong kids is hard. 
But just to recap, there's no perfect parent. Don't try to be. Celebrate the process, the effort for your kid, not necessarily the outcome. The little things, while they might seem little, are actually the big things. Celebrate creativity with your child. And last, pick your regrets. That wraps up what we're talking about today. Again, thank you all for tuning in to the first 10 episodes. Taking time out of your busy day to listen and support means the world to me. And I hope I can continue to add value to your lives. Please continue to reach out to me on social media if you have topics or you'd want to be a part of the podcast. I'd love to have a conversation with you. And looking ahead, we have some really exciting episodes coming soon. We'll have several guests coming in with a variety of topics from mental health to financial literacy and even someone who's writing a children's storybook. We're just getting started. And as always, stay on your path, stay inspired, and above all, stay great. We'll see you soon.